This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. For a study today, uh, those of you that want to, go to Genesis, the 13th chapter. I'll have most of it on the board if you're, if you're too lazy to turn the pages. And I'm going to do some of this rather than read it to make it a little faster. Uh, I'll just tell you what I'm trying to get across. So we're going to a very familiar true story. And here we find out that Abrams, which is called Abraham from time, and his nephew Lot, their cattle are getting mixed up. There's not room for both of them in this land. So Abram goes to Lot and says, tell you what, let's divide our ways. You go left, I'll go right, so that there'll be more room. There's not strife. Our herdsmen are not mad at each other. And they decided uh, to let Lot basically choose first. And uh, you can see here, this whole land is left. I'll go one way and you go the other. Lot lifted up his eyes and he looks and he sees this plain of Jordan, how well watered it is, how nice it was before Sodom and Gomorrah was discord. So he looked at it and he decides that this will be the place he would like to live. So he chose the plain of Jordan. They separated there. Abram he dwelt in the land of Canaan, and we see that Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Years and years ago, uh, Brother Truman Hill had a lesson called Pitching Your Tent Toward Sodom. Brother Mac, this is not it. I, I don't have it. But I thought this was an interesting uh, way to go about it. Most of us here are familiar with livestock. You need water. You need grass. Well, that's what Lot looked and he saw. It was well watered. It was nice. So he pitched his tent toward Sodom. We're up, and to kind of recap this, maybe the pastures was greener there than where he was. But that brings us to our title. That's what we're going to use for our title today is pitching your tent toward Sodom. And a little bit of this is pointed at our, our young people. You guys and girls are going to go off to college. Some of you have done, went and toured the college, and you're going to be there for four years, five years, seven years, depends on what all you tried to do, okay? You're going to be influenced by that town. You're going to be influenced by the environment there. You're going to be influenced. After that, you're going to take a job. You're going to say, okay, I can get a job in this place. Then after that, you're going to be influenced by a young lady, young man. Oh, they're the one. They're the one. I want to live with them. You're going to be influenced by them. So all these things are going to take a toll on you in your religious life. So let's... Go a little further, and we'll bring out some more ideas, I hope, through this. In the uh, 18th chapter, 
And the Lord said, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and because their sin is very grievous, I will go down and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. Verse 22, And the men turned their faces from thence and went toward Sodom. But Abraham stood yet before the Lord, and Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? We studied this maybe last month. And how Abraham interceded with the Lord, Don't destroy the righteous with the wicked. If I can get 50, will you not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? Then he came back, 45, 40, 30, 20, 10, trying to get the Lord. Don't destroy the city. Here's the rest of it. Here's, now the men are now angels going into Sodom. And there came two angels to Sodom at even. And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Lot says, come stay with me. The angel said, no, we'll stay in the street. Lot said, it's not safe to stay in the street. Come in with me. So they go to his house. Before you know it, there's a turmoil outside. People at the door saying, hey, we want to know these men. I'll be delicate. To know these men, they're not going to go shake hands. They want to know them like a man knows a woman. So Lot goes out and talks to them. Don't do this evil to them. I have two daughters. Take them and do what you think is right with them. And I guess the turmoil gets worse. The angels grab Lot, pull him in, and strike them with blindness. So they weary themselves trying to get into the house. So now you know what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. If you read in Leviticus, later on in the Bible, when you have man with man, the rule was take them outside the gates of the city and stone them. God abhors this act. It's very grievous. We done read that earlier. So this is what was going on. Let's go further in Genesis 19. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-laws, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked his sons-in-laws. He's warning them. He's going to destroy the city. Next verse. And when the morning arose, the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife, thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, the men, as being the angels, laid hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought them forth and set them without the city. They wasn't really wanting to leave. They lingered. They stayed there. And it came to pass, when they had brought them forth abroad, that he said, Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou in the plain. Escape 
to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. So they're just outside. Get out here. Go to the mountains. And in verse 24, Then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. So now everything is destroyed. Y'all know what the next verse is, I imagine. But his wife looked back from behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. You know, I've, I've kind of felt sorry for her. She had daughters back there, son-in-laws, maybe other family members and friends. But she was given a command, just like in the Garden of Eden, she was given a command, don't look back. Disobedience is penalized. She paid the price. She's a pillar of salt now. So I ask you, sometimes today when you know the truth, do you ignore it? Do you just disobey it? How many of us probably ought to be a pillar of salt? Have you thought about that? Okay, we got one more verse when we're talking about them. And this is in verse 32. This is Lot's daughters. Come let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he perceived not when she lay down or when she arose. The second daughter does this too, and I don't know what, what they're trying to accomplish, except that their mind is kind of twisted here. So they think that the father needs to have more seed. And I'll stop at that. I want to kind of recap now. Think about this, about Lot. Here is what he has lost. The great herd, it was all burned up with fire and brimstone. His home, it was burned up with fire and brimstone. His wife, she's a pillar of salt. His daughters that stayed, they were burned up. The son-in-laws, they were burned up. What do he has left? He has his daughters, and he's the grandfather of his children. It's a mess. I mean, it, uh, the influence that we have of Sodom has put his life in turmoil and ruin. So that's a long introduction. What are we trying to get across to you today? And I got two main verses. Here's one. I want you to memorize these. If you don't already have it. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Communications means companionship. Good manners mean moral standards. So think about this. When you're in school, high school, when you're in college, on the companionship you have, what you're around, think about your spouse to be, your husband, your wife. Think about your job. Uh, 
Jerry McCorkle told this story years ago about a young person that got a really good job. And where he was, uh, wasn't a church. And Jerry talks to him, I don't know, a year or so later. And how's that going with you being a Christian? He said, they never knew. They never knew the guy was a Christian. Some people don't give it much thought when we're choosing a place to call home. Another simple short verse. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain means to hold oneself off. To stay away from it. I picture this as what we see in Hebrews no, and First uh, Peter 5 and 8 as a roaring lion. I mean, most of us, if there's a mad lion out there, we don't want to be around them. And that's what the devil is. He's evil. Uh, we talked about the snake this morning. None of us wants to uh, get close to a rattlesnake. You can hear that rattle and you're gone. You're gone after a hoe. You're gone after a gun. You're going to put that snake out of business. So we got to watch out. The devil will lie to you. He'll do that on a personal basis. He lied to Eve. He will lie to you in a heartbeat. We got to remember this. And we got to think about this. Landry touched on this not too long ago. How the generations will be affected. 2 Timothy 1 and 5. When I call to remembrance the unfringed faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded uh, in thee also. <coughs> As I think, I want you young people to listen. What you do is going to affect your grandchildren. You hadn't got there. No, I know you hadn't got there yet. It's going to affect them. As I look in the audience, I see Sister Nelda. I can count here today five generations. And they're all in the church. Maybe she don't get all the credit. Maybe I need to go back another generation to Mom and Pop Dukes. Or maybe the Latham family. What the choices you make on serving the Lord goes on for lots of time. Now, you can reverse that if you want to. What if, if evil influence in a family? It goes on from generation to generation. It's what's expected. So let's, let's be careful. We've got uh, a lot of choices to make at your younger age. Okay, I think Zane touched on this maybe. What about that good job? But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing in this world, and it's certain we'll carry nothing out. Having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. How many times have some of you talked to someone, acquaintances? I'm moving, I'm going to this place. He said, oh, good, that's great. I got a raise, that's good. Where are you going to church? 
I hadn't thought about that. Or maybe they'll say, we will shop around. If I knew them well enough, my old smart aleck answer is, can you spell? And they said, well, sure. I said, well, spell dumb. Then we're on the same page. That's dumb. Money's not worth it. Let's continue with the reading. But they that will be rich fall into a temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts and drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they are erred from the faith and pierce themselves through with many sorrows. Perdition means ruin or loss. What did Lot have? Loss and ruin. Sodom was not a good choice. I think Brother Garland talked about this not long ago. Ananias and Sapphira. But a certain man named Ananias was Sapphira's wife, sold a possession, and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and keep back part of the price of the land? I enlarge Satan. I can I just imagine Satan talking to them. Nobody will know. You deserve it. You may need this. You don't have to give it all. I can just imagine him saying that. But you know the rest of the story. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? After it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came upon all them that heard these things. If we read further, we see his wife comes in in a space of a few hours. She has the same lie rehearsed, same effect. She falls down dead too. The young men are told, go bury her by her husband. The greed that we read about on Ananias and Sapphira accomplished what? Nothing. They're both dead. Another familiar story, the rich man. I'll try to tell you that one. A rich man's ground done so well, he didn't have room to keep all of his uh, fruits or his crops. He said, I'll pull down my barns. I'll build greater. That way I can say to my soul, I've got everything I need. I'll take my ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And the Lord told him, you're a fool. This night your soul is going to be required of thee. As we saw today, the... The spirit's gone. He's dead. So what good is those things going to be for that new big barn? Important part. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. What are we talking about? What is the he? So is he. You're a fool. <laughs> 
you're a fool. So another question we have to ask ourselves as we go through life, are we content? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, or wherewithal shall you be clothed. This is Jesus' words. We've got them in red. Jesus is saying, Don't worry. You know, a lot of us worry about what's coming up. How are we going to pay for this? What are we going to do next? We worry, don't we? Let's go further. For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. What's first then? Young people, what's first in your life? Middle-aged people, old people, what's first? What's first? What takes most of your time Well, I've got to make a living, yeah. What takes most of your time? Do you think about the Word? Do you try to get the Word in your head? Do you try to know? Do you try to help others? Maybe I should put it, what's your priority? Is it seeking the kingdom of God? Do you take it for granted you're going to, these things are going to be added to you? Or do you feel like you've got to make them? You've got to do it. They will be added to us what we need. Matthew 22 and 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. It's not complicated then to get where we need to be. Put God first. Take care of our neighbor as ourself. Put those things first. Uh, one of my favorite passages that maybe goes along with Sodom and Gomorrah. Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and and acceptable and perfect will of God. Conform means to pattern like. You ladies can buy a pattern at a store and you take it on material and you cut it out and you pin it and you sew it and you got something. It'll be just like that pattern. So when we pattern our home life after the world, it's going to look worldly. When we pattern our clothing after what's in the world, it's going to be immodest because that's what the world is. There's some kids over not too long ago and said, what do you call immodest? I said, it's two, three letters, T. O-O, too low from the top, too high from the bottom, too tight, and maybe too many cutouts. That's immodest. Speech, if we pattern after the worldly speech, it's going to be pretty rough, isn't it? Friends, we pattern after friends. School, 
college, all of these things that we get uh, indoctrinated to. Job, things that happen at, in big companies that goes on there. One guy was telling me about his Christmas party, and I said, you're kidding me. That's what they had at the Christmas party. And he said, yes. And we see it in the church. Churches trying to pattern themselves after worldly things. And we'll be going along, and I'll tell Becky, look at the name of that church. Look at the name of that church. Look at the name of that. I mean, you don't even know what's going on there. It's not just a cowboy church anymore. It's a rock. It's a, it's a branch. It's a tree stump. I'm, no, not tree stump. But, I mean, it's just, it's getting so worldly when you look out in the world. Uh, here's an important part because I highlighted all of it. Colossians 3 and 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. For Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. If you can get that today, you got a good shot at going to heaven. If you can get that today. If you can apply it to our lives. So we end up with this. Where are you pitching your tent? I should have told you earlier when pitching the tent, I'm not talking about camping. I'm kind of late to tell you that. Where's your companions going to be? It really depends on your priorities. Parents, these priorities need to be taught now in home with your children. If they don't get it, then you're in trouble you know, I don't think our, our children ever ask the question, why do I have to go to church? It's important that you're here. Every time you're in this assembly, you're going to learn something that makes it easier for you to get to heaven. Besides that, you encourage me, and I need to be encouraged to get to heaven. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard, or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.